It's the gaming podcast sensation that's sweeping the nation. Michael B. the Game Genie, Weekend Game Guy, Mr. Dude 206, and they are Play With Alright. We're live, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Playing With Power podcast. I, of course, am your host this week, Michael B. the Game Genie. You may know me from some of my other videos, but we'll get into that later. Anyways, I want to introduce the amazing people that do this podcast with me. First up is my good friend, Mr. Dude 206. How are you, Keith? I'm all right. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I expected that to be kind of like Wayne's World, where it was like, this man has no dick. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's true. I don't have a dick. (laughs) And, uh, of course, you heard him already uh, laughing. That is Weekend Game Geek. Weekend Game Geek, how are you? Doing all right. How's it going? Not bad. You're finally finished playing Red Faction. Finally done. Yeah. <laughs> finally done. Still yeah. playing Red Faction. Not anymore. Started playing something else. Only I've recorded two more parts that have been uh, scrapped because the recording didn't take... <laughs> Man, I, I gotta tell you the truth. I'm really excited for your upcoming one because it's more based on a console game. You know me, console yeah. over PC, blah, blah, blah. But I just wanted to take a second just to say I really love what you're doing with your long plays right now. Specifically, uh, the way that you're going through the whole game and then doing the debrief at the end, but it's a full review. And yeah. I don't think I don't think people understood that. I think like when you did the debrief, they just thought that it was kind of like a closing to the long play series. But yeah. this is a full review and it's really good. Yeah, and it's a little more in-depth than I normally do, because normally, uh, a little more in-depth, not a whole lot more, but the normal reviews I do are really much more fast-paced, and not as, uh, I feel like I try to put a little bit more detail than normal in there, so it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more of a review than just a, a quick... Well, they can finish. they can actually follow the entire gameplay after, you know, you get to the debrief, so they can uh, have something to be referenced to. As you do yeah, it, so. yeah, and that was kind of the idea, is it? Because then I can go back, like like in this one. This is a good example. Is that I, I talked about the uh, the glitch that happens whenever yeah. the frame rate, the frame. <laughs> I think it goes over two hundred or a hundred or something like that. The frame rate of the game goes over a certain amount. It glitches out this submarine part, and the submarine just blows up for no reason. So I kind of talk about it, and I can link back to it, and you can actually go back and see how I fixed it and things like that. So. Yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be an absolute mess of links. But that's a really cool thing where everything's so interactive about the review, and you can link back to every single part and see it actually be played. Really right. cool concept, Chris. You're a trend. Idea. You're a trendsetter. I, I try, you know, I try. Yeah, do what I can. Anyways, we've been talking a lot about Chris, and this is a perfect way to segue into our first topic. As you guys all know, Chris has been selling off his entire collection. So, Chris, tell us. Did you get the big payday that everybody expects to get from their <laughs> retirement game collection fund? No, I have not. <laughs> uh, th- th- the reason for that is twofold. One, Canadian shipping is really expensive. and <laughs> No, I mean, uh, I- I'd-, I'd much rather sell it to people that um, will give it, you know, yeah. good homes. So, I mean, basically, you two are the only people that I've really, really <laughs> sold outside of a couple of... Family, man. Keep it in the family. Right, I know it's in a good home now, but yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've had a, I've had a couple other deals on Facebook, but you know some of those went bad. But um, well, I'm sure everybody already knows. Like the community did know. 
the community did know. They but no, I, uh, it, it's exhausting. Um, I was warned, you know, Gamer Emporium not long ago sold off his collection, and now he's collecting <laughs> again. That's, you know, you know, different strokes for different folks. People, you know. Uh-huh. Anyway, the point is, he, uh, he told me that it was like another job. It was like another full-time job. And he was not kidding. To go on and list it, come home, get the game, box it up, make sure it's shipped out, da-da-da-da. You really do have to stay on top of it. So no, there has not been a big payoff. One because I haven't, I haven't really been a hundred percent committed to constantly making sure I've put something online, I've sold it, I've not, I've, I haven't posted anything since I sold you that box of games, Mike. I haven't posted anything else for sale. So, you know, and it, and it's not a matter of not wanting to do it. I just don't have time. You know. What's going what on, Kitchurikin and Dahmer? Thanks oh, two of them are joined? Yeah. Uh, Stu, what about you? Uh, have you ever looked at your collection as something that you said, you know what, if I ever sell this off in 15 years, maybe I've got a car payment, maybe I've got something. Do you have a monetary value to your collection? Um, no. Well, I have one thing. Like, uh, it... Uh, everybody knows you shouldn't have a collection for an investment. You should have it for personal reasons. You know, you collect it for a reason. But I see it usually this way. If ever, if I ever think of selling something, I don't expect to make a giant profit because, say, if you keep a $20 game for, like, 15 years only to make $20 off of it, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's it's not – I don't see it that way at all. So it, it, was that your question? Did I answer your question? Or – I feel pretty good about that. You, and you yeah. can't eye it like an investment. You, I really don't think that's the right way to do this because then there are people that have. I mean, you, you. I don't know if you guys seen videos. I've seen all kinds of crazy videos on the internet of people that go up and buy all these sealed copies of like Mario Kart for the Wii, and they have Tupperware tubs full of these things in storage, thinking that one day they'll be able to flip them for hundred dollars a pop. You know, nah. not every game is Zombie Nation. Not every day, and not every game is going to be your, you know, Casino Kid too. It's not going to be like that. You know? it, it's funny because this is going to lead into a different conversation because people have started doing that. So you have these limited release games that maybe wouldn't be a good seller, and people are just going crazy for them because they're like hedge betting that this is going to be the next. Uh, oh, what was the Wii U game that went? Uh, the Wii game that went nuts. Stu, you would know. Xenoblade. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah. So everybody was like, no one bought it, and then all of a sudden everybody was buying up copies for like hundred, hundred ten dollars. That's an even crazier trend these days, and I, I, I said that in uh, one of my videos. I forgot yeah. what it was. Um, that everyone's always trying to stay a step ahead of this price or that price. But they're forgetting that the reason that you want to buy the game is not for an investment. You want to buy it to play that, and if you don't buy it to play it or open your sealed games, what's the point of having your game? It's meant exactly. to be played. And and there's also those collectors that buy two, have one, you know, play the other. But I I, I don't know. I, I open all my sealed games usually, and um, I don't know. I just don't like the way that things are going these days, even with retro new gen, is that everybody wants to seek some sort of damn profit. Enjoy the game and play the damn game, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, there's a common misconception, too, when people sell off their games. Like, they'll look at what the retail value for every game is, and they assume that, okay, well, when I sell off my collection, that I'm going to get 5 bucks for Jaro and my 70 bucks for Band of Kings of Ancient China. Uh-huh. But what you don't understand is, 
like the guys that are raking in these prices are resellers, and they're also taking a risk of holding on to a lot of this stock. They're not the kind of people that say, I gotta sell this tomorrow. So if you do try to sell your collection all at one time, you might be years piecing everything out and trying to get it all gone. Or you're gonna have to take a huge discount and sell it to a reseller who can move it for you. That's the reality mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Yeah. But and, you can you can also see it as a a, a backup plan. You know, also, because the majority of the people that sell off their collections, the first thing to go is their collections for financial reasons, and it's the easier to sell your video games rather than a car that you need as a tool to, you know, drive your family here or there. So the bottom of the totem pole would be, you know, video games and stuff you don't use anymore, regardless of what it is, video games, baseball cards, stickers, you know, it's... it's, And that's, that's why that was the first thing that we started, or that I went to whenever... You know, not that we really need it for financial reasons at this point. Um, you know, granted, you guys know a little bit more than the whole world, but you know, but uh, um, our our issue, really, honestly, is space. That is a huge part of the problem now. I mean, yeah. I've got boxes in our bedroom that are just stacked up. I haven't opened them since around this time last year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, what 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 good are they doing me there anyway? You well. Know? We've we've talked a lot about um, whenever we talk about we see people selling off their collection or selling off collections we always say real life stuff but I think you brought up a very interesting point Chris I think a lot of people just sometimes realize wow I've got a whole wall dedicated to Sega Master System I never play it maybe I should get rid of these yeah and you you know you could flip those and focus on you know look you know I don't play the Sega Master System but I do really enjoy my NES. Why don't I have turned that into Nest Gold? You know, so yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think it kind of goes. But we we had um, um, Grub Gun on here way back. You know, what last year sometime or something like that. And you know, that Keep was going. one thing. That was one thing we talked about. Was we talked about focusing your collecting into um, what you really genuinely like versus, oh, I've got to have all this and i got all that, and hey, look, there's a video game I saw in the pawn shop for 25 cents. Well, I've got to buy it because it's a video game. Yeah, I, I did that because, um, you know, my previous videos, I had a Sega Master System. I was going for that. It's just because I was in some sort of phase, and then I eventually got rid of the majority of it. And also, that's how my 64 set's so small, and also... I, I don't have a Xbox 360 just for the reason so I don't have another console to collect for. And there's plenty of times where I wanted to re-pick up a 360 because games are cheap, but I also realized that if I don't have it, I'm not going to buy it, and if I don't have it, then I'm not going to play it either. So why? Just might as well save that money. You know just remind I mean? yourself of the 360 will crash in a couple weeks anyway, so <laughs> there's no point in doing it. Uh, Stu, I actually know exactly why you got your Sega Master System. If you remember, that was right around the time GameSack did that video on the Sega Master System, and we had talked about it a bit. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's what it was. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. Pro- probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's how that goes, though. You get like a little spark of, man, you know, I'm really like a Commodore 64. <laughs> you get a Commodore <laughs> you know, like, 64, you got... and you're like, what do I do with it? <laughs> it's I like, to use this thing. It's it's like me. I was like, man, damn it! I really need a ColecoVision. And then I was like, all right, I got a ColecoVision. Now what do I do? I've got a ColecoVision in a closet with one game that's never been used. I wanted it though. I really did because it's got some of the best arcade ports during that Donkey time. Kong. You know? Donkey, that was some I, really, that's the uh, one. early videos of yours, Mike, with the Coleco. And yeah, then, yeah. 
Uh, have you picked up anything for them since? No, nothing. I I haven't even turned them on since. Wow. I I got them. I got them home. I got them home for that weekend. I played them a bit, and I was like, "This is awesome playing these old games." But then I realized I don't really have room to keep them active in my rotation, so they just kind of sit in storage. Yeah. yeah, and that's another bummer because you got That's something you got to think about. Is like you know, not only do the games take up space, but the consoles as well. Oh man, Before the consoles take up more space. Yeah, you've got this crazy spaghetti mess fire hazard behind your TV. <laughs> Every time I like leave... me, you're buying like two and three, well, or stew, good lord. How many CRTs and PVMs and LCDs and... <laughs> you know, just all over the place. Hey, and I, that I, takes I got rid of the, the rule is, if I get one, I have to get one, get rid of one that's of less quality and it's out the door. So, I've, I've gotten rid of a few. I'm only that's down to what if what if more gamers, game collectors, did the same kind of thing though? With you know, I've got this copy of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Maybe I should get rid of this other copy of Super Mario. Like, how many of us have like doubles and triples of games stacking up for no reason whatsoever? See, th- this is this is going to lead me into a very different discussion because we're talking about uh, why don't why don't people just let these things go? I'll, I'll tell you why they don't let these things go. Uh, like for me, for example, I have a load of doubles. I don't sell things, so you know, every now and then I'll help somebody out or I'll do a trade with somebody. But it's very rare. But most people won't let them go because if they do let them go, they're expecting to get retail prices for them. That's yeah. just the reality of it. Like the people that do let their doubles go or let these games go that they don't want anymore, first thing they do is they say, you know what, I really want to help another gamer out. Now let me go to eBay and find like the most recent buy it now prices and I'll charge them that. No bueno. No bueno. Not everybody does that now, but there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. Yeah. Takes up a lot of room. That's a big that's a big thing. It takes a lot of room. So I find myself doing the, the flash card, but you know, it's it's a nostalgia factor, big deal, but you know you can't hoard everything. You know what I mean? You get, you're gonna have to get rid of it someday. Yep. What one day? If you, if you don't, you're gonna have to pay to store it. Yeah. So it really depends where you are in that time of life, or your your mental state of when you need and when you want to get rid of it, if you need to. But Chris, like you said, you had to do it because you had to do it. So you know, bravo, sir, brave man. Thank you. Well, now if I just get off my butt and actually get it listed and sold, I mean, I got like literally like right next to me. I've got Karnov. This is Karnov in bubble wrap, ready to go. This is part of the deal that the community will know about. Huh. And I've got a uh, boxed Adventure Island. Nice. Yeah. And I got uh behind <laughs> me. You can't see it, but I got Mad Max in a box back there. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, is it as bad as Swamp Thing? No, no, as God, you know no. now. That wasn't a uh, good game. Oh God, no! Swamp Thing is not a good game. I mean, I've finished Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and I've got a lot of patience and competence for these games, but Swamp Thing is right up there. It's the most terrible things you you will ever play. Yeah, that's it's part of the reason why I was eager to sell it. <laughs> so bad it's good, or it's just horrible. No, there is no redeeming qualities. You should Outside the fact that it's uncommon. Honestly, if someone sat me down and said, you either have to play Amagon and get castrated, <laughs> or play Swamp Thing, I'd go with Amagon and maybe the castration. Yeah, Maybe the castration. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still try to pick that one. Partial castration, just one of them. 
or squeezed until expulsion. Yeah, how about oh, that, yeah, Oracle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. For those that don't know, and you don't know because you're not in the Bear Club, um, but uh, I found an article. Actually, one of my cousins found an article about this lady who squeezed her ex-boyfriend's testicles until they popped. You know what's funny? In that article, a little further down, it talks about another woman that cut off her cheating husband's penis, which is actually a reboot of the Lorena Bobbitt case from years ago. And speaking of reboots, how about all those Hollywood reboots we've been seeing lately? (laughs) They're awesome. (laughs) The reboots are awesome. It's like all the HD remixes, you know? You gotta bring back and ruin them a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I told you guys that I watched the movie Jupiter Extension, right? Yeah. I was watching this YouTube video that reviewed the movie and said why it was created and that having a terrible movie every so often is actually a good thing. Do you know? Can you guess why? Why? Because if you don't try something new, if you don't try to put something out there that's just fucking stupid... You're always going to go back to these prequels and sequels and then just milk and milk and milk and you're going to always have that. So you got to you have to step outside the box. That's a really good point. Like I I've been absolutely vehemently open about my dislike of this new uh, Nintendo IP Splatoon and it's the exact same thing. If they don't try to do something different, they're just going to keep going back to the same modus operandi they always have. Now, do I think Splatoon's going to be crap? You betcha. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to do that every now and then. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't... I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the reboots. I'm not. And I guess I see where Stu's right, because, I mean, at least in cranking out crap movies, as you might... Somewhere in the mix, statistically speaking, there's going to be something good that's new, that's fresh, that's different. The reboot thing is we're going to rely on the old group of fans... You know, to 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 be the vehicle for money, but then we get pissed off because it's not what we want. You know, like Turtles is a good example. I didn't and go watch it, and I still haven't watched. It. I have no intentions of watching it just because. Robocop as well. Oh yeah, Robocop was terrible. I don't care what anybody says. That was awful. <laughs> you know, there's, there's somebody Tron, out there. Tron was a good one though. I like Tron. The Tron, new Tron was okay. It's Tron, kind of Tron a, wasn't a reboot though. Tron was no, a, kind of a continuation. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, but uh, RoboCop sucked. I know somebody out there that we know. Snorkel? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He loved it. All right, go ahead. Well, anyways, uh, the other thing, too, is do you think that a lot of these reboots really get an unfair shake because we're holding on so tightly to our nostalgia from our youth that some of them are actually good movies, and if they had another name on them and people just weren't on that bandwagon of what they knew before you could actually enjoy some of these movies. But I feel like the criticism is just so harsh because you're like, wait, 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 that didn't happen in the original movie. People aren't open to fresh new takes on things. That could go both ways, really. I mean, I I, I see what you're saying, and I think I think that's that's probably true. to some degree. Yeah. I, It's probably true for me, personally, yeah. I could say. I mean, uh, music, too. Music do, it does a lot of sampling from classics and, you know, mm-hmm. how the music industry is now, so... Well, sometimes people outright steal things. Just ask, like, Millie Vanilli, and uh, not Millie Vanilli, Vanilla Ice, and, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy from The Labyrinth with the boner. Uh, Clay David Aiken. Bowie? <laughs> no, uh, David Bowie? Uh, David Bowie, yeah, yeah. the Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had nice hair. 
<laughs> you guys know um you know the uh the Verve? You guys familiar with the band Bittersweet Symphony? You know that song? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so the the main hook in that song, the main sample or whatever in that song is from a uh, a uh, Rolling Stone song and it was from a um, like they they went and did like a orchestrated remix album. Yeah. So the Verve goes to them and says, "Hey, can we use this song?" And they said, "Yeah, sure. You know, you can use X amount and that's fine." So when they used it, the um the uh the record executives or whatever heard it and said, "You know, you used a little bit like 2 seconds more than we expected you to. Um we're going to we're going to demand some royalties off your song." So fine, we'll go to court. Okay, you get 20% royalties, whatever. All right, the song blows up, right? It's probably, you know, it's the one song that everybody knows from The Verve. Yeah. Well, then the Rolling Stones agents came back and said, you know, we really want all the royalties. And guess what? They, they got, got them? They get every every time that song plays, Rolling Stone gets paid, not The Verve. Oh, that sucks for The Verve. That's like Larry <laughs> and Ashley getting royalties from Full House that's been over for 30 years. Yeah, but all the royalties. Uh, I'll throw out a, I'll throw out a couple of reboots to you now, and just get your opinion on them. What'd yeah. you think of the rebooted Friday the Thirteenth? I actually liked that one. I, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked it for what it was. I guess. Yeah. That, you know, it, it's kind of a. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate that. I, I really liked it too. I felt Jason was a little too smart, and I really didn't like the um, underground pathways that he built under the camp. However, other than that. That, Go ahead. that explains how come he could just literally walk and just be wherever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I kind of took it. Like, I, when I watch, I went, oh, that's how come he never has to run. You know what I no. mean? No. That's what I said. Well, yeah, and a lot of people said that, but it's just dumb. It's like, I don't have I to run because I can go into this little troll village and then run really quickly <laughs> underground. Right. That's the what I might like, do. They should reboot Leprechaun. <laughs> they did reboot Leprechaun. You're oh, kidding me. Well, no, they did. They did, and it was awful. They rebooted Leprechaun, and they actually, instead of getting uh, Warwick Davis back to play the Leprechaun or continuing that, what they did was, I haven't seen it yet, I haven't forced myself to watch it, but they brought a wrestling uh, little person by the name of, uh, oh, I forget what his name is now, uh, watch wrestling, I should know, but oh they God. brought him in, and instead of him being like a wise-cracking leprechaun, he was just this little monster that you barely saw on screen at all, so there was no back and forth between the leprechaun or yeah. anything like that. How yeah. horrible is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's... Leprechaun. Leprechaun wasn't exactly a a, a monolith of cinema either. <laughs> but I, I I disagree. I think it went off a little <laughs> off the rails when they went to space. But no, it was very good for 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 a, you got to understand for a cheesy horror movie. You're, sometimes you're right, you're right. guys are given these guys are given like eight thousand dollars to make a you know three million dollar movie, and they're like make magic happen. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a good point. That's a good point. And like uh, the, okay. the Friday the 13th movies, originally, it was the same thing. They were given very little budgets, and they said, you have to churn one of these out like every nine months. Jesus. All about budget. All, All right, what are the reboots, Mike? Well, um, we talked about Turtles here a little while ago, and a lot of people hate Turtles because it's not the original movies. But I'm going to be honest with you, when the original movies came out, a lot of people hated the original movie because it wasn't the cartoon. And when the original cartoon came out, everybody kind of, well, the people that were familiar with the comics didn't really like the cartoon because the the comics had a much different vibe about them. I mean, 
they refresh things all the time. The, the problem I really have with it is they will go so far away from the canon and the studios get involved and they're like, well, we got to put this in to match this demographic and we're going to change up the way they say things because maybe that's more fresh with the kids these days. So more hot shots of uh, that one chick. What's her name? Megan Fox? That one. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you, you watched the new one, right? Did you watch it? I did not. I did. And I'll, I'll tell you something. She was in the truck and then they just had her bend over for a quick scene? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you. I watched it, and you know what? I, I don't hate it. I thought it was okay. I didn't. I didn't like Shredder. I thought Shredder was stupid. I was like, why doesn't he just transform into some alien stupid ship and fly away? But he did that in X Men too with the Silver Samurai, which was yeah, kind of yeah. I didn't like that either. I didn't either. And I, you know, I, I've got. I could bring it, them in the room right now. All those comic books for when he fought the Silver. And I, I was like, what? I was really. Yeah, but it, for what it was, once again, it was for what it was. It was okay. I think. I, mean, I, I think sometimes. It. I think sometimes you got to keep an open mind for these things. If we're gonna, I know this is not reboots, but we're talking about movies that follow canon and how people get upset. I mean, I don't think we can all. Dis- I don't think anybody can disagree with me that Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the most critically acclaimed movies of Geek Nation in the last number of years. But, I mean, for anybody who's actually read any of the Guardians of the Galaxy, that is so far off base. <laughs> it's not even funny. Well, yeah. the movie was refreshing, you know what I mean? It was. It yeah. had a certain style to it, which I enjoyed, you know, even though I didn't read the comics or whatever. But, I actually thought it was going to be like a suck-ass movie because I didn't know anything about it, but it happened to be some, like the, first, the, the Star Trek reboot. Yeah. Is that a reboot? Yeah. yeah. That, that was decent. I like that one, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a second, but... I just want to go back to why I think Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody loved it so much. It's because really nobody read it. So there wasn't this major online fan base doing the movie before it didn't even come out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it wasn't that popular IP like Fantastic... Well, the Fantastic Four is not really that popular. But uh, X-Men, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what was the movie Stu just hit? I'm sorry, I lost it on my train of thought there. Star, Star Trek. Batman. Star Trek. Batman. <laughs> Batman. Batman's a good example of one that's really the reboot. <laughs> it's so, I, the the Batman Begins series, the Christian Bale ones, are yeah, but they, that's they, a generational thing almost though. That, that kind of tapered off for me as well. But Star Trek, I didn't watch the second one because it. I remember was that I was at a buddy's house and I was I was, thought I was watching the first one, but it was actually the second rebooted Star Trek. They were kind of the same to me. Is that well, did you watch? I, I, I'm a huge fan of both those Star Trek movies, and what I've got to say that I really liked about it was they rebooted it, but at the same time paid a lot of homage to the first movies. So they didn't destroy what happened in the first movies. They just said, because of this weird time continuum, now there's going to be a different path of different chain of events in the Star Trek universe yeah. without taking away from what happened originally. Yeah. So that was cool. That's like a 1A reboot. Yeah. With, without uh, you, you stay true to the source material. I guess is the way to put that. You know, you see, like... you stay true to the source material while getting to deliver your own vision. Which a lot of my problem with these reboots is a director comes in and he's like, "Yeah, I watched some of that old cartoon and I watched the old movies and I didn't really like it. I'm going to go with my vision. Yeah. So we're going to do my movie. And a perfect example of that is the new Fantastic Four movie because the guy who did it is also the guy who did that weird teenage power movie Chronicle." 
And someone, see, people have seen the screener for the movie because the movie's done, and they said, yeah, I don't know why they didn't call it Chronicle 2 instead of Fantastic Four. So oh, yeah. he really did make his movie, the only one apparently he knows how to make, which is Chronicle. <laughs> did you guys like Chronicle? I, I didn't watch it. it. I didn't see it. It, it was okay. So, uh, but the, the 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 whole reboots of everything, it's at least they're trying. But I'd say, um, I don't know. There is a lot, but what what else is there? You know, not a lot of people are in, interested in going outside the box to see a different kind of movie if they're not comfortable seeing a blockbuster like Jupiter Ascending, which you know pretty much bombed. You know, you, you never know. You never know. I, I I feel bad for that. Jupiter Ascending, but I really... Like, say, for example, they came out with something that's a unique idea, like Waterworld came out today. I'd go see that as long as it didn't look hokey. My problem with Jupiter Ascending is, in the previews and everything, like, uh, the guy from Magic Mike, I mean, he honestly is just such a <laughs> terrible actor. Yes. Like, whenever they try to put him in a serious role, like, oh, The, the second I saw he was in it, I was done. Yeah. And, you know, they, they ruined the G.I. Joe movie, the live-action G.I. Joe movies, by even, like, putting him near the set. No, he wasn't the problem with those G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> that was part of it, though. <laughs> well, in, in your opinion, I thought he did a pretty good job when they cast a young Duke. I thought he did a pretty good job as Duke. Like, well, what, what if they put Robert Patterson in G.I. Joe instead of the Twilight dude? Would, no. <laughs> would, he still, would he still sparkle? Yeah, and as as Duke. <laughs> so I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm into some sparkle. Me, me and my wife got into a conversation about this last night. About um, uh, this is gonna get really weird. They're gonna reboot Spider Man again now, right? What? Yeah, yeah oh, that's, that's the new it's news. It's been like a year. No, no, but what's happening now is people have been craving for this for a year that. Uh, they're fed up with Sony because Sony obviously can't make a competent Spider Man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've, I've liked all the Spider-Man movies that Sony have produced. Have I thought they were perfect? No, but they, they do an okay job. But finally, Sony have given the rights back to Marvel. So now everybody's blowing up. They're saying, oh, Spider-Man is coming back. <clears throat> this is where I'm going to be a little uncomfortable talking about this because I'm probably going to get looked on very negatively. But I, I'm going to leave it open. I'm not going to say anything. I don't have an opinion. But one of the things that came up immediately was an actor, I don't know who he is, but apparently he does some kind of comedy trio type show, and he's African-American. Immediately he went to the press and said, I should be the next Spider-Man. Everybody's tired of seeing a white Spider-Man. They should consider casting me. So now everybody is up in arms. People are running back and forth with different opinions. Uh, what do you guys think of that? When they're going to reboot something, but then someone says, no, no, it's been done a hundred times. Do it differently. If, you know, throw a different ethnicity in for a certain actor or something like that. Does that affect the canon, or do you believe that's a fresh take? Well, what what would somebody say about the the, the movie that they made with Annie? You know, that's African American versus white. You know, it's my wife brought up a very good point about that. Um, realistically, at the time Annie was done, it, it's fine and it properly represented uh, some of the orphan girls. But and I'm not not saying this, but Based on the demographics, how do I not get in trouble for saying this? Based on Super the demographics, Chinese. Super Chinese. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is, for Annie, it's much more realistic in today's day and time in the United States for uh, orphans to be of African American descent from certain areas. And that's me trying to say that very politically correct. I hope I did so. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. 
I'm, but, uh, I'm no expert. <laughs> anyways, uh, like I, I don't really care. I, I, I just I look at it this way. Uh, I, I, I don't care if you know they come out with a new cartoon and they say Peter Parker doesn't exist anymore. We're gonna go with Jim Johnson as the new Spider-Man, and he's African American. Great. I don't care. I don't care if Spider-Man's African American. He could be Mexican. He could be a talking donkey for all I care. It's a new character. <laughs> see, you know see now I mean? that's a reboot. A talking donkey. That's a reboot. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and absolutely. So you're as long go as it's good, it shouldn't matter. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's not an. I don't think that's an issue. I don't. I don't think it should be. I mean, because I mean, in the end of the day, what difference does that that make? That's a. Well, it, it's a it's a bone of contention. A lot of people are upset because uh, Fox Fox's version of the Fantastic Four actually cast Johnny Storm as uh, African American character and his sister White. And not to get into race issues, that's not what I'm trying to do. But that did come up, and a lot of people are upset about it. You get one side saying, "Wow, you know, brave approach for Fox," while other people are saying, "You're not going with the canon." Ah, screwing those nerds. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> In the description below. <laughs> when in doubt, check the description. Yes. When in doubt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that's I think that's a pretty ridiculous and stupid point. Uh, I I don't think I don't think that's an issue. I don't think it should be an issue. And uh, I think people just need to get over. You can see how people can get upset for some stupid reasons like that. You know what I mean? But but this it's also that guy. You know, shouldn't have said it that way. Say, hey, pick me. I'm, you know, so and so. I'll be that's, better that's than yes. you know. It's like, yeah, whatever. But there's a reality in Hollywood too. I mean, like when they cast somebody, they say a pretty thirteen-year-old, hundred-pound girl. They're not going to cast a forty-seven, five-hundred-pound woman to play the thirty, thirteen-year-old, hundred-pound girl. You know what I mean? You know who would make a perfect uh, Spider-Man though? Who? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Look at me. He should play uh, Martin Luther King in Selma too. Yeah. Or, or get Kirk Cameron to be Wolverine. You know? <laughs> Beautiful. That would be awesome. Guys, we got some gold ideas here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of so Marvel, if you're watching, we want Kirk Cameron as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, speaking of uh, interesting casting choices, we went from uh, a race and ge- uh, race issue. Now we're going to a gender issue because there is going to be another reboot, and that's going to be of the Ghostbusters with an all-female cast. So, without getting yourself in trouble and having your wives and girlfriends move out, what do you think? I, I just don't think they need to reboot it at all. And it's agree. not. It's not all-female cast. It's it's that I, I don't think they should reboot it at all. Secondly, what's that one chick that's going to be in the the Ghostbusters reboot? Melissa that was McCarthy. That, huh? Melissa McCarthy. The comedian that was in like Identity Theft. Is that who are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's the one. I hate her. I hate her with a passion. Hates, hates She's hates not funny. She, she she plays the same character in every movie because yeah, her husband writes all the movies, and she just plays the same stupid character. I hate her. Please quit Hollywood. I'm done. All right, let, let's scale it back a bit. Stu, what do you think? Sorry, too much energy drink. Uh, what? What about the Golden Girls? <laughs> See, now if that's a reboot. The, if all the Golden Girls were Ghostbusters, I'd be so down with that. Especially, I, I, yeah. It would actually, it'd actually make sense if the ghosts they were hunting were the Golden Girls. 
No, actually, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I love the traditional Ghostbusters, you know what I mean? But the only reason that they had to go that way is because the majority of the actors have <laughs> nothing to do with the, the, the ghost, you know? it's. it's... But it, it, was only, it was only Bill Murray. Murray was the one who said, no, I'm not going to do it again. They could have did them in CG. <laughs> <laughs> they could have. They really probably could have. But oh, isn't yeah. he on board with this now, all of a sudden? Well, Bill Murray. Bill Murray doesn't. He doesn't. He never cared. He just said, "I'm not going to do it. I don't care if they do another one. It's just I'm not going to be in it." Bill mm-hmm. Murray also went through a weird point in his life where he was like, "I'm not going to be on screen." And I don't know if he got self-conscious about himself getting older, but he refused to do movies for a very long time because he just didn't want to be on screen. Another issue that no one talks about for why they never did another Ghostbusters is Rick Moranis quit Hollywood. Yeah, I just read an article about that. I had yeah, no clue. That's really sad. His wife died, and uh, he decided that you know what? Screw this. I got money. I'm going to take care of my kids. I that's want awesome. Family members. Yeah. You know, in the in the that's really awesome. I think it's cool. And but, he's real humble about it. He's like, you know, I did what most other people would have done if they had the opportunity. Yeah, you know, that's all he ever says. He never makes a big deal of it. I love that. No. And, like, they talked about it. Like, he said, you know, I want them to have the same experience that I had coming home from school and smelling the food, cooking as they come in the door and stuff like that. That is really cool. That is awesome. Rick Moranis, I love you. <laughs> you know what? You can do one more movie. It's called Spaceballs 2. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> if, just come out of retirement, do that. Then you can do whatever you got to do. But, uh, so, Stu, what do you think of the all-girls-female Ghostbuster cast? I don't know if we actually get an answer from you. I'd, I'd, I'd welcome it, actually. It'd be fine. It'd be something different, obviously, just like, you know, the Jupiter ascending idea. But, you know, it'd be something fresh, something different. But I don't want them to be, like, super girly where they can't do shit you know, I would like yeah, fucking ghost beaten ass. You know, something to cater to the male audience as well as the female audience that is going to watch. It. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hope they keep the original tone, but I don't want to see a reboot of the movie. I want to see a unique story. Like, there's so much canon you can do with Supernatural. I'd like to see them go on their own direction. So hopefully they do that. I also hope it's not like a cheeseball vampire diary Twilight type. I want them to get with the old movies that they're redoing. They're 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 I, they're like sugarcoating it. Why don't they get to like the gritty '80s type, punch your mom in the face type action, and still have good quality to it? You know, does that make sense? You know, I miss the '80s movies because they were just so raw. Now, yeah. see, everybody's like being all nitpicky and scared to do certain things. It's just I don't know. That seems kind of bland. It's it's interesting because I just watched a uh, video that kind of dealt with that. And what what the the person that was did the video was talking about was how rating the rating system is not what the rating system used to be. Like, did you guys ever watch uh, Sheena? Did you ever watch that movie Sheena back in the day with when what? she's naked and she takes a shower underneath the waterfall? You ever watch Sheena? Yeah. What is Sheena? It's a it's about a jungle woman. It doesn't matter. She was naked and it was a PG movie. The link will be in the description below. Yeah, I got I will hook it up. But it was like. She was butt naked, head to toe. You know, <laughs> it was a PG movie, you know. But yeah. the thing about it was PG, PG thirteen, PG thirteen were some harsh movies. When you yeah. go back and watch them, you go, man, how did? Yeah. And now yeah. that they, they they use it to almost they use PG thirteen as a marketing ploy. Like let's aim this at kids. Let's be honest here, because parents don't 
follow the ratings the way they used to follow them. My parents saw parental guidance, PG, and they thought, well, I need to give you some parental guidance whenever we go watch this movie versus, oh, PG, that's eh, probably okay for you to go watch, you know, go on in there, you know. I remember, I remember being a kid and actually being stopped at the ticket window to go to a movie at, for Wayne's World because they said, this is PG-13, you're not 13, you can't go in. Like but, rated, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, so different now. Yeah, but, but anyway, another yeah. thing another thing about PG-13, uh, both of the X-Men movies, the Fox ones, the last ones, like First Class and Days of Future Past, were PG. But yeah. you clearly remember, there's a big F-bomb dropped in it, and that's a rule of PG-13 movies. You're allowed one F-bomb every movie. That's awesome. You remember yeah. back in the day when all the movies were rated R and it showed nothing but titties and the action was awesome? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now you're lucky enough to get a PG-13 with you know someone getting stabbed correctly. Yeah, but I think I think I think when we were kids, I mean, like you had to have boobs in a movie. Like everything I watched, like I watched uh, Lethal Weapon, and I mean, I forget at the beginning. There's like the scene with the woman like standing yeah. up in the, you know, jumping off the thing with her boobs out. Uh, I remember when being a kid, and if you got to see some bush, it was like oh. <laughs> you just felt like you found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're just like, and you yeah. just rewind that part over and over again. Maybe that was I, just me. I, I think I think I think maybe that's why I got into horror movies so much. As a kid. <laughs> right, I, Friday Thirteenth was like gold, yeah. gold. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Especially no Part Five. Do you remember Part Five? That one chick. In part five, that like gets the strap across. Is that or is it yeah. her boyfriend? Or the she gets the the hedge trimmers in the eyeballs. Isn't that her? And her yeah. boyfriend gets a strap across eyes. Oh man, she she was built. You were a fan of her? Oh yeah, she was equipped. I was yeah. I wasn't a big fan of five, and I mean that from the sense of I didn't like the women in five. Really? Honestly, yeah. You I like watch Sleepaway Camp. Oh, have I ever watched Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> yeah, what, was it one scene where uh, one person got killed by having the curling iron burned on her shit? Or burned uh, on her vajayjay? Jeez, I can't remember that. That would uh, that would have been Sleepaway Camp 3, I bet, Teenage Wasteland. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't <laughs> that one of the sequels? I think it was part 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me go check the library real quick. Yeah, yeah but no, it's just... Uh, Part 3 is the one I haven't watched that much, so it definitely wasn't Part 1, and I know it definitely wasn't Part 2, so it's got to be Part 3, Teenage Wasteland. Yeah. That's a weird series, too. Oh, yeah, the first movie, the first movie's really creepy, because I don't know how the old the kid actually was, but the last scene in the movie, and sorry, spoilers, close your ears, guys, if you don't know this, but, like, the girl, who's the killer, gets up and turns around, and when she turns around... It's a boy, and there's a penis there. So, like, I don't know how old the kid was, but it seems wrong to me because I don't think he was, like, 18. (laughs) Chris Hansen come out the theater and be like, all right, so you're already sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch this movie here right quick. (laughs) You're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Regret this the rest of your life. Chris! Chris! Your secret's safe with me, Stu. <laughs> oh, oh. Blow, blow. Same time. All right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh. I, yeah, that, that's, that, yeah that, that movie. Yeah, that movie is something else. Because that messed Same me up. That part particular, I was like, no, oh. <laughs> Do you know, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but they actually made a fourth movie in that series. It's called Return to Sleepaway Camp, and it's actually really good. The I original... The original girl, and I don't mean the one uh, Pamela Springsteen who played, um, played the 
protagonist in the last two, but she actually comes back for Return to Sleepaway Camp. The one who played the Angela... Is it Angela? No, I, I'm getting confused with something else. Anyways, the girl... Different for now. But anyways, the girl from Sleepaway Camp, it's the original, comes back to play this instead of Pamela Springsteen. Interesting. Yeah. I have to watch that. It's really good. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll love it, me some it's, cheesy... It's not, it's not a reboot. <laughs> it's, not, it's just a continuation. Oh. Uh, speaking of the weirdest and never should have been done reboot, uh, and we're talking about horror movies, do you remember Angela? I mentioned that, and she was a horror movie character from um, Night of the Demons. Did yeah. you ever remember those movies? Yes, I they do. Actually, they did a reboot of Night of the Demons, and it's completely weird. It stars, um, I forget what her name is. She was in Scary Movie and American Pie. Elizabeth, um, uh, you know who Elizabeth, I'm talking about. Uh, Elizabeth uh... Early. No, 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 Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. So yeah. she plays she plays Angela, and guess who one of the other characters in the movie is? The hero of the movie is a grown up and very strange looking Edward Furlong. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Why would they reboot that movie? I have no There's idea. One movie that did not need a reboot. It's no. of the demons. All that movie, <laughs> I mean, we, 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 me and a bunch of buddies rented that and watched it in, uh, was it the first one or the second one? Whichever one when the guy goes to the bathroom, he's going to take a piss and he picks up the toilet and the, the head's in there like, hey, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I think that might have been two. <laughs> well, every hey. one of us, we are grown hey. men, like seven, 18, 19, 20 years old. I mean, that's a man, more or less. And we all screamed like little girls whenever that head was, because we were not expecting that, so... Tremors with the toilet monsters? No, that's Ghoulies. Yeah, yeah, Ghoulies are the toilet monsters. Yeah. What was Tremors in? Wasn't Tremors a similar? Tremors, Tremors were the giant earthworms Spanworms. in the desert. Gotcha. Kevin Bacon. Do you know they're actually they're doing another Tremors movie now too? What yeah, and the guy. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What? What? What, did, what you say, Chris? I said, "What the hell, Hollywood?" Oh no, no that's what but it's, it's not a reboot. They're actually making Tremors six, and it's the most of the original cast are coming back. Like the guy that used to be the father on Family Ties, <laughs> the gun guy is back, and I think yeah. Reba McIntyre might be back too. Nice. Yeah, I like the gun guy. Oh yeah, Earl. I think his name was. I think you might be right. And he had that. Yeah, that was cool. I need to watch those movies again. Well, yeah, I guess but... you can say that those reboots of movies were somewhat good, but looking for, you know, Kid Shuruk, and he's in the comments, and he said he doesn't want it to be rebooted. Ghostbusters? Just so you don't ruin it, but say if they rebooted, like, The Goonies, or they rebooted uh, Mad Max, which they are, we just don't want them to mess with certain things that we have memories about, so that's why... You know, well, don't... you know what? I'll say this about Mad Max. For people who say Mad Max doesn't need a reboot, watch Beyond Thunderdome again and tell yeah. me that that doesn't deserve a better ending to the series. Yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> what we're going to do now? We're going to drive with the pig shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, Beyond, got... Beyond, I watched Beyond Thunderdome for the first time in like 25 years the other night, and I was like, dear God, I am wasting my life right now. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, yeah Road that's, Warrior that's... was really kind of like the perfect end to me. Yeah. It, was, it was like so open-ended and just like leave it, it, it 
they did they did something that I hate. Like um, I never watched the Man with No Name trilogy, Clint Eastwood, until later on in life. So when I was watching, like basically what they did was they bring the same actors back that appeared in the last movie as different characters. Yeah. And Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome does the exact same thing because they yeah. bring back this guy as the pilot. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, oh man, I can't wait till Max and him meet face to face and realize that they were buddies and they knew each other from the road warrior and then yeah. they meet. And, no, he's a different guy altogether. And I was like, Oh, come on. Yeah. I, yeah. Once again, you're, yeah, I hated that one. Road warrior is by far my favorite of the three just because I, I don't know. I don't, cause he's got that kid that does backflips and stuff and he's got a metal, <laughs> he's got the power blade on um, um, boomerang. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> and the like guy to his you guys ever see the movie death race? No. The the one with Jason Statham, the reboot yeah. of Death Race 2000, yeah, yeah, that's a reboot. Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but I like Jason Statham because you know I'm kind of hot for him. Yeah, it's it's True. it's his uh, it's his epidermis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know I think we all are to the consensus that. Maybe they don't need to make any more reboots. We we agree. We'd like to see new, unique movies as long as it's not Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> so, no more reboots. Speaking of people moving away from doing anything that's more reboots or bringing up nostalgia, let's talk about Sega, who have decided that they are done with the console game industry. Yeah. Did you guys not see that coming? They should be done with Sonic anyways, because Sonic... Sorry, Sonic, you got to be put to bed, man. Sonic games are just. I, I I I don't understand how they went ahead with this Sonic boom. Like, dear God, the minute they put the pictures out there, the entire internet exploded. It was worse than Kim Kardashian's nude pictures. Like everybody flipped out. They were like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know what's with the what's with Knuckles' scarf? Is he, you know, hey? But you know, we didn't know, and everybody hated <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, why, why, why are they all so weird? And like, they look like they have this fake attitude. Everybody hated it right from the start. So yeah. the right from the beginning, it was doomed. And they still went ahead with it. I don't know if Nintendo got into their ear and said, "Let's make a really shitty Sonic game." Like what, really what shitty. Up, uh, what, what company ended up taking Sega? No, 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 no Sega, Sega still exists. They're just not going to make console games anymore. They're just going to do um, PC and mobile. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I thought some company uh, picked them up or uh, combined with them recently. I thought Didn't it was the, I thought it was the other way around. And actually, now that you mention that, that's actually terrifying because wasn't it uh, Atlas? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah they, 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 they took Atlas on. You may be right. I, I, can't, I can't remember who it was that, that jumped in there, though. I, I thought it was Atlas, and they took Atlas on, Sega bought out Atlas, because I remember we had a huge discussion. It wasn't on this podcast. It was on the NL Gamer podcast. But we were like talking about the crossovers that could happen, like what could happen if you know Atlas yeah, had a chance yeah, yeah, to make a new Shining Force game. Uh-huh. So does does this affect them? I don't know, because I, I, I don't know. Well, it, it, it would affect it from the standpoint that they wouldn't, those games, if they came into being... Uh, they will not end up on a console, which sucks for you, Mike. But it's okay yeah. for me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You can play it on your, your, your phone. No, but that that that's gonna crush all the games, <laughs> or unless like titles or uh, licenses are sold elsewhere. Like you know, Streets of Rage, Shining Force, all those aren't gonna be console. They're gonna be PC or mobile games in only. And you know how like I was talking to Mike, you uh, 
earlier is that uh, Breath of Fire was mobile only, and that was nothing like, you know, just no good. Yeah. Well, the problem with that Breath of Fire game, like I said, used to, it wasn't that it was a Breath of Fire game only sold on phones. The way that it was reviewed, people actually looked at it and said, this is not a Breath of Fire game. This has no similar qualities. I mean, the character's not even called Ryu. There's no Ryu, there's no Nina. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, every single Breath of Fire game went by that pattern. This one was basically another IP altogether, and they were like, well, let's stick the Breath of Fire name on it to sell it. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. There's a couple of other instances of that happening in video game past. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter was the same thing. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers 2? <laughs> well, that's a little bit differently, because I think Miyamoto actually... Miyamoto actually worked on Doki Doki Panic and said, you know what, this would be a pretty cool idea for a Mario game in North America. And he was right. I mean, for all the people that say, oh, it's not a Mario game, that's a unique and very interesting game that changed the landscape of the way games were done after it. I, it's funny. I really, too. It's funny because I really, really, as a kid, I really, for a long time, that was my favorite Mario game. Yep. For a long time, that was my favorite Mario game. Mm-hmm. Now I've gone back and really grown to love Mario 3 again. But um, uh-huh. for a long time, Mario 2 was my favorite, which is interesting. Oh, but that's not Zelda and whatever. Luigi's, legs. What's Luigi's, that? Luigi's jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luigi legs. Yeah. yeah. I'd exploit the hell out of the princess, though. And I also like to use her on the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of Toad, huh? No, not so much. I, 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 I only play with Mario whenever I play that game. I never use anybody else. Mario, sorry, Mario. 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 Now, yeah, uh, now the princess, like, I always used her because, you know, you could, you hover for so long that I always felt like I was flying, basically, throughout the game, so I, I felt like I could move quicker through the game that way, if that yeah, makes that, sense. That felt like a crutch for me, but I think that she had a harder time picking up, like, the yeah. vegetables. It took longer, yeah, I think, I think you're right, I think you're right. Yeah. But, you know. Because they all had their, like, balance. Like, you know, Luigi jumped higher and whatever. One was faster, one jumped further. I know. Yeah. Uh, Luigi had the Jimmy legs. The Jimmy legs. <laughs> have you guys watched the Sonic show? Did you guys watch... Have you guys watched any of that show? Oh, yeah, the new one? No. Yeah. New you watched one? any of it, Stu? Yeah, the, the new, new one. There's a new one? Yeah. No, I, I haven't. Because I, I watched... Uh, I've watched... You know, I got kids... Surprise. Uh-huh. And uh, at my mother's house, they love some cartoons. And uh, it was on there when it was on the list of cartoons on her little TV guide thing. And so she turned it on. And uh, I sat there and watched it. It is, it's, uh, it's not good. It was not a good show. They, they, they've never really been able to make a good, make a good Sonic cartoon. Like that Sun, Sonic Underground, all that stuff was terrible. Like the very first Sonic cartoon was kind of okay. That one? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. That was kind of okay. Yeah. But my kids like it. But see, that's, that's yeah, that kind of, you can kind of think of that back toward the reboot of movies, too. It's like the generation that's coming up, they have no prior knowledge of what it was, really. Unless what? unless you're like me and you force feed them good stuff like He Man and, you know, whatever else. But Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have kids. I just find random kids and I'm like, hey, watch some cartoons. Yeah, well, you, know, you shouldn't bring them in your house like that. <laughs> I met this really interesting guy for NBC one night doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to have to cut.
cut that out live. <laughs> you know this is live. We can't cut anything out. <laughs> All right, Mike. If someone knocks on your door, just turn around and hold your ankles. My favorite thing about to catch a predator is the predator comes out of the house and he's like, oh, the cops are here. I, I give up. And they still like punch him in the face and like tackle <laughs> him to the ground anyways. They're like, you dirty pervert. You don't get to give up. <laughs> There's one when they're in Florida. And they're like, uh, they were they were doing one in Florida. God, I got them all memorized, remember? And um, <laughs> this guy comes out of the house, and, and, and Chris Hansen goes, and because it's relatively easy to get a concealed carry permit in Florida, uh, the police took him down awfully hard. And then they show him, like, slamming his face into the <laughs> gravel, and he's like, he's got a face full of, like, rocks. It's, oh, man. Oh, there's uh, one, because Chris, you got me hooked on this down, but <laughs> th apparently this guy has um, some kind of uh, disability, and he was like, oh, really yeah, weird about it. But they still tackled him to the ground, and he was like, I knew I was going to get arrested. And they were so, like, that. I wonder sometimes, like, could that bring up charges against the police? Like, if they do assault somebody with, a, like, a mental disability that way? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. That's part <laughs> of the reason why, you know... All those charges got reversed. <laughs> no, that that was more because of like, what was it like, coercion and all kinds of weird stuff they yeah, got charged with. Yeah, the, the cops. The cops were like, "Hey, you know what? NBC, you do our job for us." Yeah. Or ABC, whatever channel it was. Whatever on. channel it was. On. I think it's it's NBC. Yeah. But yeah, because they're you know whatever. Yeah. So I guess gonna have a game on the the PC that has to do with to catch a predator. So. <laughs> I'm gonna get that one. Yeah, I think I think they. Yeah, so. I think I think that was actually on the original Friday, uh, NES Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> to catch a predator. Yeah, people don't talk about this, and I know this is way off track, but uh, you know, <laughs> in Friday the Thirteenth three, Jason was a pedophile, right? Yeah. What? Like, like in real life? No, 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 not the guy who played Jason. I mean, his character actually raped um, the Chris, the girl that went away for a while and then came back and she was like, oh my god, it's you? Oh. That was the storyline. He raped her when she oh. was like younger. Oh. Do you get that now? Oh. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I gotta, oh, that completely changes that movie. Yeah, I know. That, that movie's so weird because even when, <laughs> even, <laughs> Jason, <laughs> even, even when, even when she was, he was coming at her, like, it's not like Jason because no Jason intended, right? But Jason is usually that stoic, like, even when he was before. But in this movie, he kind of had that weird, like, smile, like, <laughs> when he was getting up on her. Yeah. Yeah, it was implied that he molested her, because why did he leave her alive? Yeah. Ah. I know, ruins it. Or makes it better in a way. Like, you know, not better, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, it makes it, yeah. like, more, t it makes his character a little more twisted, and a lot less, like, maybe, maybe. Maybe he's not just crazy psychopath. There's a lot more planning involved there. There's a lot more methodical. He might now, look weird, but he's... And we're going back to reboots again. That was my problem with Jason. I don't want him to be cunning. I don't want him I... to be devious. I want him to be this... Uh, childlike. Childlike mongoloid that uh, hallucinates that his mother is telling him to kill people. That's what I like about Jason. But then he became something else. Yeah. That I, I gotta watch that movie again now. I, I actually love Friday the Thirteenth. Stealed my Valentine's Day, buddy. <laughs> well, tomorrow's Friday the Thirteenth, so it's a good time to go through them. Yeah. No. Anyways, it's, it's Thursday. <laughs> oh yeah, 
yeah, Friday is a good time. I'm going to watch them all uh, this week with my wife. So that's yeah, I can't do that. My wife won't let me. Not yeah. allowed. She won't let you watch movies? She won't let me watch Friday 13th. Why not? She don't like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I got that app on my phone. <laughs> uh, anyways, way off topic here, guys. i got to moderate this a little bit back. So... Thanks no more games. Time. No more games for Sega. Was there anything Sega was actually making that? You, because I'm not saying like, oh, they could have made another Streets of Rage, but I'm talking about the actual games they're currently making. Was there something that you were like saying, oh, I'm really excited for their next release? Uh, well, no, because. Oh, here we go. Yes, actually, Chris, can you move away? From, Stu, he <laughs> <laughs> still plays console games. Was there something you were excited for? Uh, Fantasy Star. I was waiting for a Fantasy Star. It's Sega license, but they never had anything, so I was like, you know, what the hell? Everything's overseas, and they don't want to bring anything over here, so that's why Sega is missing a giant profit margin over here. Yeah, so. that really could have saved them, too. Well, I don't know if it could have saved them, but you know what I'm saying. That that would have made a huge... That could have made a difference <clears throat> in this whole thing if they had brought licensed some stuff here. Yeah. They localize some stuff. I mean, that you, know, you know what else could have saved them? Segmebos. <laughs> Segmebos. <laughs> only, only don't like Nintendo actually own the rights to all those characters now. Yeah. So they, can no, do they don't. Like, they don't. They don't. They don't own all the rights. Like, um, but I almost, I almost felt like Sega tried to do that stuff and then did it really poorly. Like, a game that I really like, and I'm, I'm sure you guys like too, is Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform. That's actually That's a really good game. But, I've got the Steam. But at, oh, but at the same time, it does kind of feel like a cheap knockoff yeah, Mario Kart. It does. Yeah. What came out first though, and that's not Mario Kart in that, but. Transform came out before the Mario Kart 8, so I guess... Yeah, that... but Transform really was a PlayStation 3 release, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was back in that day, and that was after Mario Kart uh, 6 came out for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I... <clears throat> it's kind of like uh, Sega just was kind of trailing the heels of Nintendo in terms of stuff like that, but... I don't know. Now, it, it, it's, it's weird, because like, like games like Bayonetta... Which was great, you know. Um, we probably won't see on a console now. Yeah, but um, if, if there's a third one, Stu, Stu, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised this, no one saw this coming because if it wasn't for Nintendo saying, "Hey Sega, here's some money, make Bayonetta for a system," would they have even made Bayonetta two? Probably not. Unless. Uh, I don't know. It's it's all about the money issue and who wants to put what funds where and do what. So obviously they want to. Maybe they're thinking a step ahead and saying PC gaming and mobile gaming is the future. Shut up, Chris. So <laughs> so you know they're trying to abandon console gamings, but you know maybe that could be a gamble in itself. Like maybe you know it. Only time will tell. But as for Nugent and how it sits now, it's it's. You know, whatever. Well, th- there was once rumors that Nintendo was going to move into the direction of... Oh, there's Baxter. You see him in the background? Oh, hey, Baxter. Um, but uh, there was a rumor that Nintendo was going to move into the direction of mobile gaming at <coughs> one point, if you guys remember that. Do you think maybe Sega's trying to... Is it possible that Sega's trying to get um, a decent hand on that market before Nintendo jumps out there and takes it, it over? It could be. I think... 
I think Sega has actually gone in this direction just because making games is so expensive now, like so expensive. There's such a commitment that goes into it, and Sega knows that they're not going to th- get the return on investment. They just will not get it. They don't have that market share anymore. They don't have that IP like the Call of Duties and the Grand Theft Autos and the um, oh, what's the other one? Battlefield that just print money it seems for their developers. Yeah. So you know they're thinking, you know what? Uh, with the with the company that we have, it'd be so much easier to develop these quick and dirty mobile games, maybe based on some of our old LPs, and we'll just make bank that way because the trend is going more towards those games. Those that's getting the Wii market share. Like you remember a couple of years ago when Wii got really popular, it was because it was opened up to a whole new audience. Women, everybody was playing, and that's kind of the way mobile games are. It's not just the gamers anymore; the core gamers. Yeah. Well, Sega, Sega should make some kind of mobile device and, like, some sort of game gear. Coming <laughs> 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 soon. Snorted. Thanks. I've never snorted before. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of game gear, you know, mobile gaming. Really what if they did? What if they did? What if they rebooted the game gear? They rebooted every, everything else, so... Uh, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen that because we've seen the um, kind of like flashback Sega Genesis that came out. Mm-hmm. Why have we not seen a flashback Sega Game Gear? Uh, they made a few DSs. Yeah. Only, only a few. 3DSs. <laughs> 2DS. 2DS. 3DS XL. 3DS XL Extreme. It, it's just frustrating that Sega knows what people want over here, but they won't give it to us over here because they're afraid... I don't know. They're they're making bad decisions. A lot of the bigger companies these days are just making bad decisions because they're afraid to make Jupiter ascending type decisions. But yeah. it, it's not even it's not even Jupiter ascending decisions. It's like people sit around a boardroom, like these uh, board of directors for these major companies, and they just get this concept and this idea like we're not going to make a Mega Man Eleven because that's too passe. We don't think that there's an audience for it anymore. Our gamers today don't have that opinion. I, it, they don't actually do any market research, they just form opinions, and then they go with them, and then people are like, what the hell, man, where's Mega Man 11, where's this? And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do Legends 3, because we just think the Mega Man's kind of old, so everything's about survival horror now. We're going to do a bunch of really bad games around that. When's mm-hmm. Mighty Number no. 9 supposed to be due out? Uh, June-ish? july Because yeah. that's multi-platform, console and PC, so, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick that one up. I am too. You can't pick it up, Chris. You have to download it. That's pretty much how I do everything. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Did they uh was there a uh Kickstarter goal to get physical copies made for the consoles? I thought so. That'd be cool. They did that I, for uh, for part 9. The press release, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a, there is actually a physical copy of Mega Man 10, you know that, right? Yeah, I've 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 heard such things. It's it's a Xbox 360 disc game where you can get multiple games on it. One of them to Mega Man 10. Interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Cool as yeah. I. All right, so I guess you know what we beat that to death. Yeah, bye Sega. Bye Sega. You know, really sad, but maybe you should have made another Streets of Rage game. Yep. Yes. Or Golden or, Axe or, or something or sensible. Or Blaze. Blaze versus that chick from Golden Axe in a mud pit. <laughs> Fighting be, you know what? That, I, I forget the game. That'd be a cool show. Speaking <laughs> of a show that is coming out that a lot of people don't think is going to be all that cool, they're making a Legend of Zelda show for Netflix. Yeah. Really? It's going to suck. I guarantee it's going to suck. 
Why do you think it's going to suck? I just think they're going to do a terrible job. Super cheese. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I don't know. It just might be being me being disenfranchised with all the the, <laughs> the crap reboots and things of that nature we've seen that we talked about. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be garbage. I feel like it's going to be pretty bad. But that's me. I'm probably wrong. I usually am. Hey Chris, I don't know where you, I don't know where you get that idea. I've watched a lot of Nintendo's live action movies, and they seem to be fantastic. Yeah, because <laughs> they're known for making quality live action movies. Huh? <laughs> How is that a Goomba? That, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Looks like yeah. a I don't know the Kingpin and a Ninja Turtle put together. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you see that was the limitation back then. They were given again a budget, and they were like, "You have to make Super Mario Brothers with thirteen dollars." And they're like, "Hmm, we'll just get uh, that weird guy, Dustin Hoffman, isn't it?" No, it's uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis. Dennis Hopper. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yeah, I wish it Randy Quaid, maybe. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, it, they just said, "Yeah, instead of actually having like Bowser as a dinosaur, because we don't really have a lot of money." We'll just have Dennis Hopper do his hair really weird and go around in a suit and talk about how he morphed into a human. But yeah. that's that's a common cheap out, and that's what they did. They cheaped out. They were like, well, we, we can't actually do this CGI world and all these characters, so how do we make this without that? And you know what? They did the best they could. Is it horrible? You betcha. But, uh, you know, what do you do when you don't have a budget? It's interesting, though, because I like that movie. Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you do if you don't have money. <laughs> you get you a Patreon, yes, and you you milk that bad boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> as far as Super Mario Brothers the movie, I love it for one reason. It was filmed like literally miles away from where I used to live. I can actually take you to the cement factory where they shot all the really great action sequences. The other thing I love about it is the blatant. S and M innuendos throughout the entire movie, like the the all right, the police station scene when that chick is digging her heels in the cop's face. That's awesome. That's a good movie. Have you watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two by any chance? Of course I have. <laughs> Since you like S and M movies, yeah, I've I've watched that several times, and uh, you know. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I got a message from uh, one of my subscribers on YouTube who watched our Halloween special, <laughs> and he actually said that Mark Patton, the guy who played the hero in, uh, and the villain in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, actually watched our Halloween special, and he loved your scene. Like He was blown away that you recreated it. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I, I don't know if it's true, but apparently Mark Patton actually watched our Halloween special. I'm, I'm going to go with it is true. <laughs> yeah, actually, I keep telling people it is true, even though I've never really confirmed it. <laughs> ah, my wife in her pajamas. Look at that. <laughs> She's incredibly embarrassed now. Her, uh, her, her, her night, her night outfit has been broadcast to four people. <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't have gone better. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Anyways, like, legend, legend is going to be um, how. How big of a budget it's going to be for the Legend of Zelda deal? Or well, I think we're I think we're in a different era because you don't need the budget that you used to have before. Because as we've seen from YouTube, I mean, pretty much anybody can do kind of cinema type stuff now. All you need is a small room with a green screen. I mean, they're making a new He-Man movie, and it, all it is is like these cats with costumes in front of a green screen the entire time in a 
soundstage. So you can do a whole lot more than you used to be able to do with a lower budget if you've yeah. got the people willing to do the work. Well, you got cat, cats are pretty smart these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Cats. Cats. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm going to be honest that they can do this well. Uh, I've watched a lot of the Netflix-produced shows. They are of high quality. Yeah. Uh, like um, that one with Kevin Spacey, House of Cards, is really, really good. Um, of course, like Arrested Development, that was Arrested Development. That was pretty fantastic. So I, I, I haven't seen a lot of their action-type series, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. This could be a really cool mix of you know Lord of the Rings with them having that quest to get the Triforce, but at the same time with a Game of Thrones-type Agnum trying to take over, well not Agnum, but Ganon trying to take over Hyrule, they could do some really cool things with it. I'm open. Most people are just shitting on it, but at the same time, do you remember a couple of years ago IGN did that April Fool skit where they showed the Legend of Zelda movie? And everybody was like, oh my god, this is going to be incredible. So they make this fake, really cheap like commercial for a movie and everybody freaks out. Then something legitimate comes out about Netflix and people are like, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, and that that's <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to talk about. How yeah. the fanboys stood up and said, "Yes, finally!" Uh, and now it is. It it looks exactly the same as that. I mean, if anything, it looks better. At least yeah. from what I've seen, it looks better than that trailer did. And and now everyone's like, "No, it's going to be." Do you have screenshots of it? I didn't actually look that far. Into I've it. seen some uh some some like I guess test pictures maybe is what it was or something like that. Yeah, but if they ended up using green screen. Uh, Link's gonna have to change his suit. Don't use pink well, screen. They 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 have multiple screens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I my, my thing is, I guess I just <sighs> history has shown that video games usually don't trans translate well into. It, it's hard action. to con- it's hard to conceptualize like a video game because we think of the levels and the progression. But, like, if you just go by the story, the story is so thin sometimes. Yeah. And going back to that Super Mario Brothers movie, Shigeru Miyamoto himself was talking about the movie. Like, if you read the Nintendo Power articles about them creating the movie, he didn't want them to recreate the games. He said, I want to see what their vision is and for them to do something unique because he's this zany psycho and he constantly craves creativity. Nintendo didn't want this to be what we thought Mario was. They wanted it to be something wacky. Yeah. Well, they got us. The the only thing I I, I didn't I think the only th- gripes I have with it is is the fact that you know Peach isn't in it and it's Daisy instead, right? Am I right? That's who it is, right? Yeah. And Luigi's the hero. Well, like you know, kind of, sort of. You know, Luigi gets the girl. And I don't know. It just feels. Eh. It's just well, weird. It was just at th- that part of all things. Why not? I don't know. You know what? I, uh, for that, I think they were. This was also back before we knew Princess Peach was Peach because Peach. there was always yeah. she was always Princess Princess Toadstool. We didn't yeah. think her name was Peach. We thought her name was Princess Toadstool. Daisy Toadstool. To be honest, yeah, uh-huh. true. I think I feel better with a, a Legend of Zelda sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here, the sitcom. Yeah, yeah. that'd be different. It would be different. Yeah. You know, links back from a hard day of fighting, trying and shit, and coming big, home. <laughs> it's the bigger love of the family. <laughs> <laughs> he uses his hook shot to get, you know, and you know, 
get a, get a hoagie sandwich out of the fridge. <laughs> Zelda comes in. She's like, oh, no, you didn't. We haven't had sex in 18 weeks. Not now, Zelda. <laughs> get my sword. You may need this if you go outside. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. The Zelda does have a unique massive storyline that they can do hunting for the Triforce. They'll never be able to make it like the game. Like Anybody thinks that there's going to be 27 episodes of Link going around a dungeon until he beats like Dodongo or whatever. I mean, that's not going to happen, but they, they still can do it very good. And an example I'll give is for long-time Nintendo Power subscribers like me. They actually did a comic series for uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past in Nintendo Power. And I'm yeah. telling you, they did a very good job with it. So if they can take storyboarding like a comic book and then turn that into a movie thing, you can make a very competent show-type movie. There's a there's a pretty solid Legend of Zelda manga book set. It's, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, a buddy of mine spent a lot of money at MAGFest to get just a couple of issues of it, and not yeah. like two weeks later, I found the whole set in a... Uh, <laughs> In a uh, game store for less than he paid for two of the books. Oh, nice. I didn't get them because I don't care. Oh. But I called him and told him to go get them. I don't think he ever did, though. Oh, no. Um, but, nice. yeah, so, I mean, but anyway, th- th- there is, it's like you said, if they can do it, turn it into a a book series, so to speak, they certainly could do that. I just don't know how well they're going to do it. And that's just me being pessimistic and just a jerk. Well, I, I don't know what people are expecting here. I mean, this is this is a show. Like, have you watched like Agent Carter and stuff like that? Like, th- those shows aren't really that good, but people are nuts about them. Like the Flash yeah. and stuff. None of that stuff is that good. It's really hokey, but it's enjoyable. So sit back, see what happens, and just enjoy the show. And for once, don't complain about something you read on the internet looking to get attention for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's am I, be, am I being too harsh here? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I, don't, I think I think people need to calm their tits. <laughs> be more harsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it has got to that point now where it just seems like, and I'm not saying that there's anything specific, but people are just looking for something to complain about, looking for reasons to make these complaint videos to get attention. Like, and it's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned like. You know, we're talking about Legend of Zelda, and it's a Nintendo thing. And you mentioned complaints. Can we can we talk about some complaining about Nintendo stuff for just a yeah, second? Yeah, we left this off our list, by the way. Yeah, I forgot about it until like yeah, we started talking. The Nintendo, <laughs> the probably the biggest thing that's been across YouTube for the past couple weeks has been Nintendo's creator program, and yeah. people are so upset about this. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, which is the thing that I'm really surprised by. Like people, And I think people that are really upset about it are helping to spread the misinformation because it just gets their point across more. And the, Mostly the people that are upset are the ones that are making money off YouTube, you know, the ones that are trying to make a living out of it. Yeah. So it, it's hard to judge whether their opinion is because they really ethically feel mm. what Nintendo's doing is wrong or they're looking at it saying, this hurts my bank account, so I hate it. Which it shouldn't hurt their bank accounts because they're like raking it in off the patron. Very <laughs> true. <laughs> anyway, but no, in, in all seriousness, if, if if your problem with the Nintendo um, program or whatever is that you won't make any money off of it, then don't play Nintendo games. Yeah. Don't do Nintendo game videos. But guess what? You're not going to do that because you know Nintendo videos will get you views, which will get you click ad revenue clicks. 
I feel like I'm just like pointing the finger at people right now, but it's a fact. I mean, that's what people look up is Nintendo stuff. Well, Stu, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I th- I think uh, Nintendo's just trying to get some more money their way. Obviously, they don't need it, but if they can, they're going to go ahead and do it. And the people that are upset are, you know, I, I guess they're rightfully upset because they're putting in work, and for somebody to just put their hand in a jar like that kind of sucks, you know. And was I wrong to say that they are not trying to take just a percentage, but they're trying to take uh, all of your uh, revenue? No, they, they're trying to take a percentage. Uh, let me break it down for you. The way it works is, if you sign up to be a Nintendo-sponsored channel, you'll receive 70% of your revenue. However, mm-hmm. if you just sign up to do individual videos that were previously Nintendo-claimed, you'll receive 60% of the revenue for your video. So, full uh, channel, 30%. Individual videos, 40%. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, here's the click on this. Let's go back a bit, because people are really upset about that. The reality is the only videos that, or the only videos that your channel can have and the only videos that you can be part of this program with are videos that were already previously claimed by Nintendo for having Nintendo content ID. So the thing that blows my mind is people are like, this is ridiculous, Nintendo's asking us to do this. Well, Nintendo's not asking you to do anything. Nintendo already did something. They said... F you, we're going to take 100% of your revenue by claiming it, and now you get nothing. So, for the people that are like, oh, Nintendo is just such a scum bucket for doing this, really, this was an olive branch they didn't even have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sega had some issue with that, too, remember, when they were doing strikes? Yeah. yeah. And but, in all, in but, all but, reality, whether you do Nintendo, Sega, Sony, YouTube, and Google, they can just ban your channel period, for no reason. And then you're, yeah. you got nothing. Let's go, let's go back, because I want to talk about the misinformation, because a lot of people say Sega was striking videos, and they are also saying Nintendo striking videos. Nintendo aren't striking videos. Nintendo are putting content ID claims on the videos, and there's a big difference. Yeah. And kind of the way the misinformation's going around is, like, um, people are saying, oh, man, my Nintendo video got claimed. Like, this is ridiculous. My video got claimed. And they're doing this big harp story on YouTube about getting claimed. When all claimed really means there's no infringement on your video, there's no strike, there's nothing wrong with your video except for the fact that you can't monetize it. So for the people saying, I'm going to re-upload this video because Nintendo claimed it, they're not doing that because there's anything wrong with the video or there was something that you wouldn't see because Nintendo claimed it. They're doing it because, listen, guys, I'm going to re-upload this because if you watch it, I'm not going to get paid. So I want to get paid because, you know, I put 18 minutes into making this video of me standing in front of a camera talking with no work done into it, and I should deserve to get paid for that. So so watch it again. (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) And again. (laughs) For the first time. But like, that, that, that's what it is, and what they're doing is a lot of YouTubers are doing this, and I'm not saying they're evil YouTubers trying to get paid. I, I don't have any issue with that. I think people do deserve money for the work they put in all that stuff. But they're trying to purvey it like it's this horrible, evil thing that they're getting striked when really it's just a claim. But people are reading that wrong, so they're like, oh, man, I hope I don't get any content ID claims. You're not even a monetized channel. Why do you care whether your video gets claimed? Yeah. Hell, I'm going to put a full ACDC album on my video. It doesn't matter. Nothing happens. ACDC just gets a little bit of scratch from me having the music on there. I don't Which care. is good because then the drummer can use that money to hire a hitman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but they'd have to get past Canada's wall. So. Yeah. yeah. And that exchange rate is just killer. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the exchange rate is killer now. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Chris a minute ago that uh, we were about to you know, take a trip up there because of the money issue. And, uh, yeah. Is, is that on a downward spiral? Should I wait it out or what? No, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn again now. Uh, actually, we're in a better position in Canada when our economy is worse. So, like, when our dollar is down, it's actually better for us because I'm going to get this wrong. I'm like George Costanza, import-export. But we're an export-based country. Like, that's how we thrive on our exporting. But when our dollar's stronger, less people want to work with us because it's cost more to work with us with the exporting. So when the Canadian dollar goes down, actually the businesses in the country does better. It's weird. But uh, our countries are all tied into oil prices. And where the oil prices, uh, oil prices took that sharp dip, our dollar went down with it as well. Like the Bank of Canada, uh, for the first time ever, went down below like point. Uh, it's down to point seven nine on the interest rate now. So mortgages and lending is all gone crazy. But also the money you make for a borrowing money like we are RSPs is also garbage. Long story short, come down here soon, and you could look like you're stupid rich with your American money, not for forever. <laughs> Because before uh-huh. you know it, you'll look poor again. Yeah. Because what a couple yeah. years ago it was like the uh, the exchange rate the other was way reverse. It was a yeah. it was ours was like eighty cents on the do- on your dollar. Oh yeah. That was that was the time when I actually enjoyed going on eBay and I was like uh-huh. <laughs> making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Nine copies of Amazon. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm building a sofa with all these. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I, I don't know. Now, Nintendo has come out since, and they've done some other things, and that's the thing. The way this information is being shared, most of the information that's coming out, like, I don't get any feed from Nintendo. The mm. feed I get is from people on YouTube that are just really upset about it, and they want to talk about it, because it affects... I understand what they're saying, because this also sets a very bad precedent, because if Nintendo can do this and get away with it, what's to stop the other companies from doing it? Yeah. Like, you know, Vic Tokai creator program. <laughs> yeah, look out! <laughs> but it, it does. It it creates it right. creates a precedent. Then, so it then becomes almost impossible for YouTubers to make money because Nintendo. The real problem for me is Nintendo's content claim process is ludicrous. It's too too much. It's above and beyond. Uh, I think it's super automated. Obviously, really well. Awesome. Nintendo actually played off on Nintendo blame YouTube. Nintendo don't take any ownership for their claim policy. They're like, no, that's the YouTube bots. That's all their fault. They won't take any responsibility for it. Hmm. That's why everybody's jumping to the Patreon. No, Patreon. I think think, you you could continue to make money regardless of how many claim strikes or whatever you've got. That's the loophole. In theory. I, I think... Well, <laughs> no, you can't continue to make money depending on how many strikes you get. Again, but you know what I mean. Stri- claims, uh, claims, uh, claims, claims just stop you from making money. Strikes, if you get three, you're out. Stop but you. I mean, to get a copyright strike, you've got to upload a video with like, you know, basically read the terms and services. Yeah. Make yeah. make a Patreon for your Patreon, and that's unlimited money. <laughs> it's yeah. cyclic. That, that's another thing too and this is why people got so defensive about it because I've seen a lot of posts from these people complaining about the YouTube program people are kind of getting sick of all these YouTubers trying to make money and I, I don't have a problem with it I, I don't think there's an issue with it but 
these guys that posted all these articles about like the partnership program and the dangerous precedent and what Nintendo are doing, they get a lot of lashback from the community about how they're money grubbers and that the only reason they're upset about this is because they can't make that dollar dollar. So mm-hmm. they actually, a lot of them got attacked. And it, it wasn't the big ones, like Pay or whatever his name is. <laughs> like he, put, he does something. Everybody's like, oh my god, you're so good. You have 30 million subscribers, so obviously you're... Jesus too, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> I like their boogaloo. But then you have the people that are actually struggling and like trying to make it. The people that are right on that fringe of really yeah. trying to make this possible. They're the ones who get the lashback. It's not the big guys. I mean, Pootie Pie, Smosh, they can come out and they can say whatever they want. The people are just like, oh, we love you. But the people that are actually at the ground level, like really trying to get up there. They're the ones that people turned on. They're like, no, I don't like you because you're right at that level where you're not really a celebrity, but you're kind of building towards that way, and now we hate you because you want to get paid for it. Well, they, they made it. In, the incentive was, you know, an incentive initially for content creators to make it, but now if you're just over-pushing it, it's like you're, you, I feel that you, you deserve it, obviously, but don't don't put it in somebody's face all the time. It should be something that somebody wants to do without you promoting it like every every freaking day, every hour, blah, blah, blah. There's more videos on Patreon and AdSense and all that than actual videos that people want to put out. You know what I mean? It's Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another misconception about Patreon too. Like I've seen people... I posted a link on my Facebook fan page. You guys all know. I have no intention to do a Patreon. I actually, when the Patreon discussions came up, I was really negative towards Patreon. So I wanted to get some feedback from uh, the people that are part of my Facebook fan page and all that stuff. And everybody jumped on me right away and said, don't do this. And they all assume for some reason that it's a subscription base for your channel. And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with subscriptions. I would never ask somebody to pay to watch my channel. That's ludicrous. It has nothing to do with that. But then I've seen other people who actually set up their own Patreon Call it that. They say this is a subscription service to my channel. It's not that. It's it's a no. tip jar. That's all it is. And honestly, if, if I'm not mistaken, in my knowledge of about how it works, is it, if let's say that I've donated to my Weekend Game Guy 2 channel. If I donate <laughs> to Weekend Game Guy 2 Patreon's account, I can choose, you know, this month I'm not going to donate. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to stay a contributor or a patron or whatever they're called, but this month I'm going to sit it out. I don't really have the money. So I can... You don't have oh, yeah. to automatically do it. <laughs> no, you, you can back out anytime you want. Like, and uh, I think we might have talked about it in the last podcast that it it could actually change your channel because you start developing these patreons. You're really tailoring your content to them to get them to keep paying you. Yeah. Did we talk about that? Uh, I think we mentioned it in passing, but we didn't. I think Stu said it. He's a smart guy. He'd say something like that. Yeah, it sounds What's like Stu would say. What did I say? That with with the Patreon account, that all you you may end up doing is the content you create is just content to pander toward your patrons and not so much your subscribers. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're saying I would say that. That seems yeah. like something smart you would say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's it, they're that they're actually not separating, segregating, whatever I'm looking for. Certain people get this, certain people get this. Everybody should get this without having to be all the way over here and pay Patreon. You see what I'm saying? The people of the Patreon is just like Mike said, is as a tip jar. Yeah. So, you know, why would you, you know, estrange all your loyal fans that are not paying, obviously, versus the people that are paying? You know, they're not 
everybody should be the same. That's what I'm saying. So it, it just it creates a lot of issues for the content creator if they keep on, you know, segregating everybody. That okay. We've we've said something a couple times that I want to talk about now. Uh, when did YouTubers become content creators? <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. There is no YouTubers anymore. Everybody goes, you know, I'm a content creator. I'm a content creator. Huh. I think I'm that, a YouTuber. <laughs> I think that changed when YouTube quit being me in front of a camera just doing this, like vlogging, if you want yeah. to use that word, and uh -huh. became, I mean... It became a lot more. I mean, we, a lot of, if you want to call them content creators, you want to use that YouTubers, whatever, went from just doing something in front of a camera and just running your mouth to, I mean, Weekend Game Guy episodes, that was a lot more than that. And that was, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, whenever, whenever we stepped away, whenever YouTube itself moved away from that, and then it, people really started stepping up the game, and it really became a entertainment outlet more than just a vlogging site. Yeah, um, I think that's whenever people started using that word to kind of give themselves an air of professionalism, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But th there's there's nothing wrong with bettering yourself or bettering the con content creation. Fuck that. The, the, the <laughs> YouTube videos that you make, there's nothing wrong with trying to improve that and make things better because obviously if you make a YouTube channel and you make videos, you want to make it entertaining for yourself as well as the people watching it. And then... Yeah. That's how people usually get more famous or more subscribers because they're doing what they like to. Enjoy, I mean, they're doing what they enjoy, so without worrying about all that other stuff, you know. And that's that's the thing that's missing these days is they're they're catering too much of what people are worrying about, and they're totally forgetting what they want to do, and so they're getting the wrong kind of audience, anyways. I'm changing my channel to all Thug Life videos. <laughs> da, 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 da. Five. Yeah. What was that? Five inches in your mom? Yeah. And your mom. What are you, five, dude? I'm just yeah. your mom. My favorite. I think my. I think my favorite to date is still the the guy with the cane. Oh the, yeah. The magician cool. and he snaps it open. The funny thing is, the interesting thing is, I I don't know how I kept looking up, but that kid. Has is grown up. He's an adult. He's probably close to our age. Um, mm -hmm. Is like a professional ma magician, and he was on like America's Got Talent or something like that. And oh, he's actually awesome. he's really good. <laughs> oh, nice. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like I don't like the terminology. I'm never gonna call myself a content creator. That's not me. I'm I'm a YouTuber and an idiot, but mostly a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know because I mean. Let let's be entirely honest. Uh, how long can we possibly keep doing this? I mean, are we going to be fifty, sixty years old, continuing to make videos for the internet? I don't think yeah, so. But everybody does this for different reasons. Like, there's a lot of people that will do this because it's their dream to do this for a living. It's my dream uh -huh. to do this for a hobby. And when I don't want to uh -huh. do it anymore, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I did it mainly, you know, to obviously share. The, the passion for games and stuff like that, and also the networking, because if we didn't do this, we wouldn't be doing this. You know what I'm saying? I all you. these in the comments, okay, Chief, Kid Shoryuken, Dahmer's Cool Stuff, Kid171, we wouldn't have talked or met any of these guys out here. So thank you for being a part of this. And, you know, it, it's you got you got to keep it fun and can't forget what you're doing it for. You know what I mean? So that that's the reason why I did it, and I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of you. 
I think uh, I think on that note, I think that would be a good opportunity. Um, let me go over to the Facebook page real quick. We did get a couple of questions on the Facebook page, didn't oh, we? Oh, cool. I believe we did. We have uh, a Facebook yeah. page? Yeah, the yeah. fan page. Link will be below. Yeah. Um, Check us out. We did have a couple of topics. I'm going to see if I can find them. Oh, that one guy that commented like two things? Yeah, I'm trying to find them. Can't find them now. They've done got like buried underneath pictures of right. Captain Crunch and everything else. <laughs> That's uh, Renaissance, right? <laughs> I can't find him. Anyway, so seriously, like Stu said, for the people that did join us a lot tonight, thank you very much, guys. We really enjoy doing this, and it's cool that you guys like it enough that you jumped on live. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it. Really, it's very much, very much appreciated. I did find the questions though. Okay, good. All right. Shoot. So uh, the first one. This is from Matthew Hanala. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And if I did not, you have my deepest and sincerest of apologies. I was a high school teacher for several years, and I mispronounced names all the time. That's very embarrassing because people thought I was smart. That is all. Okay, here's the two questions. First, any convention you can recommend for the coming year? Mike, you can go first, I guess. I, somehow I just commandeered, I guess because I knew where the questions were, but I just took over for you, but it's, it's, it's all you. But, uh, well, any conventions you can recommend? This is, this is hard for me because I've never been to a convention because I live on a little island and it costs like a million dollars to get off it, so I haven't had an opportunity to go. I'm hoping uh, the big ones that I want to go to are... I want to go to Portland, uh, Retro Gaming Convention, because I hear that is one of the absolute biggest game conventions where you can actually buy a lot of stuff. And uh, I'm leaning towards going to the Midwest Gaming Classic because a lot of cool people, like our good friend, our mutual friend, uh, NT1138, mentioned that that's one he's planning on going to. I know that uh, Retro Rewinder said he was going to go to that. A lot of cool people. I think uh, CJR might be going. And, uh, of course, like... Um, Midwest retro gamers will probably be there, so that seems like it'd be a pretty happening spot too. Magfest, Magfest is not really for me because it's not actually a ton of games here. That's more about the people, and I'm actually kind of an introvert. And I'm sorry, guys, uh, like I, I'm not big on like meeting people and getting together. I I actually want to go to conventions to buy games. So sorry. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Magfest because uh, as far as buying stuff there, it's it's usually ridiculous. In my opinion, ridiculously overpriced. I love yeah. Macfest, and the biggest reason I love Macfest is because of the arcade. But <laughs> to my knowledge, Midwest Gaming Classic has an arcade as well, right? Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, the no, it's focused more on like a, sorry, Mike, more focused on like the retro games versus like everything around it. I heard. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I I don't know much about. it. I just know that the arcade at Macfest is. I spend ninety percent of my time there. Whenever every year I've gone, I just go down there and just that's all I do. It's it's a it's a a warehouse full of arcade games on free play. Why wouldn't I do anything else? The, the the other thing for me too, and this is no offense to a lot of the really great YouTubers out there, because there's a lot of really cool people I'd love to meet. Like uh, I'm a huge fanboy of like Pat the NES Punk, the angry video game nerd. But at the same time, like I'm not a big like go to like a table meet and greet type person. Like I'm a huge lifelong wrestling fan and I went to WWE fan access for the WrestleMania I went to. My wife was like, are you going to stand in line to meet the undertaker? And I was like, no, I don't really want to meet him. What do I do? Say to him like, hi, you, you, you're, you're not actually an undertaker. Like, you know, that's, that's weird. Like I'm not going to go up to him and be like, I like wrestling. Do you like wrestling? <laughs> Let's wrestle. Does your back hurt? 
Well, like, you know, there's nothing I really want to say to him. Like, I want to go to the event. I want to see things. But, like, I'm not that meet and greet person. So, like, events where they're like, would you like to meet Stuttering Craig? And I'm like, well, you, you know, I, I don't really know Stuttering Craig. I don't really watch his stuff. So, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think I well, want to. Mike, Mike, say if you went to a convention and somebody noticed you because of your YouTube and Michael be the game genie, would you want somebody to come approach you? And, you know, how would you feel about that? You know what? I'd be totally cool with meeting people, but I wouldn't be cool with sitting at a table waiting for people to come meet me. That situation's awkward. I don't mind meeting up with people. Like I just mentioned, like I'd love to go to Midwest, meet up with Ed, and say, like, hey, let's go over there and see if we can find some games together or something like that. That's cool. But uh-huh. like to go to a convention where I would have to stand in line to go out and meet somebody or someone uh-huh. would have to stand in line to meet me, I'd be completely awkward about that. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Well, uh- I don't know. I, I, I go to at least maybe one a year, but that's usually just to go in and see what the vendors have because usually the vendors bring a, a, a big variety of, from their stores and they save the good stuff and bring them there. And as of local local conventions I've been to, the prices aren't crazy high. They're basically just eBay minus the shipping, but I do enjoy going to see all the different vendors from around the city and what they actually have to bring. And also... I, I truthfully haven't bumped into any of the YouTubers or any online personalities as of yet. But that wasn't like the Portland Retro. I went to the local Seattle one, and so there wasn't as many people there. And plus, you know, I, w- I was the, maybe there for like a couple hours. And, um, you know, it, 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 it was fun. But there's nothing that I'm really looking forward to this year that I know about that I can go to locally. So... Yeah. But there's a lot going on, like uh, the Retro Paloozas, the Midwest Gaming Classic. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And then- oh, Retro Retro Palooza is another one. Actually, I'd really like to go to. Like from what I've seen, that's actually like an old school gaming convention. There's lots of stuff for sale there, so that looks like it's a really cool one too. Mm-hmm. But that's in Texas. That's a long way away from me. Yeah. Then again, so's Portland. Yeah. Well, pretty much anything remotely off that island is a long way away in terms yeah. of finances, right? Because, like, the plane ticket alone is, like, like a house payment. Well, well yeah. <laughs> I mentioned earlier I went to WrestleMania a couple of years ago. There was a guy next to me from England. and uh, Or, actually, he was from the U.K. somewhere. I think it might have been England. So I figured he paid, like, a good couple thousand dollars for his ticket. So, you know, we were chatting, and he said, how much did you pay for your ticket? And I said, well, me and my wife flew here. It cost us about $3,000 for our return trip. And he said, oh, wow. And uh, he said, I came from this little town in England. And I was like, how much your ticket cost? And he was like, about $600 American. I was wow. Like, oh, Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm here time war for something. That's, yeah, what can you do? That's ridiculous, yeah. Mike. That's ridiculous. Move to New York. <laughs> is it, said is it a like couple that times. all over Canada? Is it like that all over Canada or just your island? No. It's it's not the island. It's just uh, it has to do with supply and demand of the flights. And like Newfoundland, there's only five hundred thousand people, so there's not that many flights going out. But believe it or not, like uh, we're not the most expensive place either. Like I'm going to see my wife very soon, and the most expensive part of that trip is actually flying into where she's to because it's such a small airport. The smaller the airport, the smaller the number of flights, the more expensive the flight gets because it's all about that cost sharing of the number of people on trip. And that's why it gets so expensive. So if I leave Newfoundland, the most expensive part is leaving Newfoundland. Wow. Have you ever had a convention in Newfoundland? 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 Uh, I, I, I had a, a cool experience where uh, someone reached out to me. 
and uh, they're running a sci-fi convention here. Like, they run one every year, and I've never gone because, well, I went one time. I, I snuck in. I didn't buy a ticket. I just walked past security and just went in. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I was like, get out of my way, nerds. So I walked <laughs> in, and this is, uh, I, they had game vending tables, and I was like, I'm not paying for this. Why are people dressed like Doctor Who? What a bunch <laughs> So uh, anyways, uh, what the cool thing was, they were at another convention out in Cornerbrook, and all of a sudden I start my phone starts blowing up, and it's guys I used to wrestle with that are involved with this sci-fi and the rock, and they're like, Mike, you're not going to believe this. We're at a convention in Cornerbrook, and all they're talking about here is Mike will be the game genie. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's cool that the guys see on my show. So then they started asking me. They were like, you should do a panel at sci-fi on the rock. And I was like, you know what? I- I'm not going to do that. That's not me. So anyways, I told them. Just so twisted. Yeah. What? Let's just drink a lot and go we'll go for a panel. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do a panel. I might go this year if I'm around for it and just walk around the convention. And if people do watch my channel and they want to come up and say hello, you know, I'd love to meet them, but I'm not going to, you know, yeah. get a panel. It, it's, is is that just something you're not remotely interested in ever doing? Is like a panel or I mean, uh, let's let's face it, Mike. You you are you are approaching stardom here. I mean, yeah. you know, in all seriousness, you 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 are subscriber number wise at least that you you could easily be recognized at a place like Magfest. I mean, easily. So I mean, yeah. is is that something you're not remotely interested at all? Or? No, I, I don't. I don't want to be that guy. I'd rather be the guy like, "Hey, Mike, I, I've seen some of your videos. You want to go get a beer?" And I'm like, "You know what? That sounds pretty awesome." <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love you. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I, uh, conventions on my end. <laughs> I'll, uh, there's a there's a there's a local group that does one called Anna Wave. That they that don't they don't do that until next December though. So it's looped back around and and actually some really close friends of mine are like board members or whatever of that. I wouldn't mind going to that. It's an anime convention, but they do some retro gaming and stuff there. That'd be cool to go to just because it's a local thing and I like to support stuff like that. And uh, MAGFest, I always like going to MAGFest, but I haven't been in a couple years. Um, Midwest Gaming, I, I think I'd love to go that way because I've never really got to explore. Out, <laughs> I've already talked to uh, Stu earlier that I'm really not to got to explore outside of my state very much, so that'd be fun. But, uh, yeah, those, and I'd love to go to QuakeCon. This is a P, it's a PC gaming uh, convention. Hey, <laughs> excuse me one second here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, truthfully, I've always wanted to go to that just because they have, um, it just would be an interesting experience because it's been around since, like, the night, like the mid '90s or something. It's been around forever. It'd be cool to go to something that's lasted that long. It'd be cool to me. Dragon Con would be cool to go to. That's another anime convention, like in Atlanta. It'd be cool to go to, except for the, it came out full circle here. Um, that the uh, the guy who ran Dragon Con or started Dragon Con a while back, it, wasn't he like discovered to be a pedophile or something like that? So yeah, there you go. Chris Hansen. Cause a wheel. The world goes round and round in a circle. Here we are again with the pedophiles. Yeah. We do that every podcast. I don't understand why, but... You're Paul, Chris. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, it's incredible. Like, people who watch my show, like, they, they say you're a really nice guy, but I'm really actually ignorant to other people's, like, interests. Like, when someone has a conversation with me and they start going off on things they're interested in, like, if I'm not interested, I just completely zone out. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Good luck with your life. 
That explains a lot of our conversations. <laughs> he's like, he's like, not really listening to you. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like sometimes people like will write a comment on your video. They're just like, and it's completely off topic. And sometimes I look at it and I'm like, should I write them back and just say? you know, dude, maybe you should find another channel that has things that are more to your taste. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Because no. you got to get those clicks, man. You get some get some money. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Yeah. It's all about that money. I, I, I do know what you mean, and I, I, I probably not to the degree that I know what you mean, but I do know what you mean because, well, I mean, you know, you run into some awkward people. Oh, yeah. I met all kinds of awkward people through Skype. You know, being friends with Keeb, I met a lot of really. I got put in a lot of unusual situations in Skype calls with Keeb. And I, I told you guys about that weird guy that started hitting me up in Skype chat one time and wanted me to turn on my cam while I was working. And he just wanted to watch me work. And I thought, that's weird. That's not normal. Yeah, but well, the, after an hour, you turn it off, right? <laughs> no, I blocked him. <laughs> That, that was the best thing. That was the best thing about Keeb, though. Like, um, Keeb's not like that. No matter, and, and I'm not. I'm not as bad as I make it seem. Like, I, I don't really do that. I do have appreciation for other people's interests. Just, you know, don't expect me to participate in them. But Chad, Chad was just so happy to talk to anybody. It didn't really matter what it was about. And like, you knew he wasn't paying attention to you. You'd be telling him the story. He'd ask you a question. You'd be like, "Yeah, I saw your video the other day. So, uh, what's it about?" And you get about three seconds into it, and he'd start talking about everything he was doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or building like, oh yeah, but he would talk to anybody and like you'd be in the middle of doing something, like he'd say, We're doing a podcast tonight, it's gonna be very professional, laid out this way and then three minutes into it he's like, Oh my god, Rich is online, see ya and then he'd hang up on the podcast and go, <laughs> okay, Chief. Yeah. Or he'd just bring random people in. Oh yeah, that was that was interesting. Like and that was the thing that I was uncomfortable with because I I, I'm, <laughs> I no but get this, I, it takes a while for me to get comfortable with people, like you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We've been talking for years, and we talk a lot differently than when we first talked, right? It True. takes a while for you to get comfortable with people. And Keeb's not like that at all. Keeb's just like, hey, I'm going to bring this person in that I've never talked to before, and then I'm incredibly awkward when I meet someone for the first time. I'm just like, so do you like things? <laughs> do you like wrestling? <laughs> no? Get out of here! I only like wrestling! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Salt of the earth. Anyway, speaking of wrestling, <laughs> I got a review coming out on Sunday based on a very good wrestling game. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So what do you guys have coming up for your channels? I guess we can talk about that. Well, Mike's doing that review on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started, Stu. I don't know if you caught that. Obviously, just <laughs> what I had to say. Sorry. It's actually the the game you've got picked is one of. There's only a handful of wrestling games I I really enjoy on a. Video games wise, one yeah. is like the original WrestleMania for the NES, which because oh, the Honky Tonk Man has the guitars, and I love that. Yeah, and I love the music on that game. But uh, you know, the the one you've got coming is one of the ones that I. Yeah, I really I, like. I'm really I'm really happy with the review too. It turned out really well, and um, uh, so that comes out on Sunday. After that, I got to take a short break. I'm gonna spend some time with my wife, and uh, when I come back, of course, I'm gonna update my NES collection. I'm going to do more of these uh, game pickups from the New Adventure Island, and I've got to do my 10,000 subscriber video, which is my top 10 games of all time. So I have been working on that. Guys, sorry I haven't put it out yet. It's just a matter of finding the right time to release it and also 
just getting it done. And it, it's it's easy to do for me because I always know what my top ten games are. But sometimes it's hard because some of them are RPGs, and how much do I want to capture to really show that? Like, I'm going to have a minute clip of me talking about why I like it. Do I really need to pay for 46 hours to get footage for that minute clip? Nope. So, just download it. I can't do that. <laughs> I never do that. i got to record the stuff so myself. I, I'll play it for you and just send you the footage. I'm lying. I'm not going to play it for you. I know. I didn't think you were. You just sent me... <laughs> I get I get like footage would be like the gameplay and every couple seconds there'd be like gay porn sliced in. <laughs> what that's not how you do a review? Well <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> it's just like it's it's like Cloud is like uh you know, it's the part with Sephiroth's going right into Aerith and right when he's about to stab but there's just like the ah <laughs> kicking mouth. <laughs> It was just a blink. Did you really see it? Did that even happen? You'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you doing, Stu? Anything? Uh, well, I'm doing my monthly uh, haul pickup video, and then I kind of wanted to get back to... I was actually going to do a top five games you should download from the internet or borrow from borrow. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually going to do that, so that's going to be interesting. i, I got to think of uh, two more. And the, the purpose for that is just because, you know, very expensive or just games that you can't get that are, are not available retail. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a cool one. I like that. Yeah. So other than that, you know, it's usually probably something on the whim, but just those are the two main ones that I want to work on at the moment. I got a couple of uh, coffee time videos I want to do just for the sake of doing them. I got to do. Uh, I got to do the drawing for the game that I'm giving away in the review. Um, I got a lot of those I'm giving away. I got so many games I'm giving away this year because I got so many duplicate video game keys. I mean, if you if you don't play PC games, fine. But the thing about it is, you buy bundles of these games because you can get them super cheap. Um, I end up with like five, six copies of the same game, so I just I'm just gonna give them all away because I feel like yeah, it's easy. And uh, anyway, so I got to do that. I got to do. Um, I, I got a couple of top ten game ideas, and one was uh, the top top ten driving games like racers, nice. which is an it will it be an interesting list for me to make because I don't particularly like driving games. So the the ten I I know that I would choose are very specific, um, and there's very specific reasons I've chosen them. So I think that'll be fun. And uh, I'm doing a playthrough of. Uh, there's my wife again. I'm doing a playthrough of a uh, old DOS game. I'm going to review that one. It kind of came out around the same time as some of the 16-bit classic games, and I, I really have a lot of comparisons to do between. And really, honestly, I'll go ahead and admit that I feel like some of the console games of the time are better than that particular game, but it's more because of uh, gameplay. Honestly, it's a little bit more because of gameplay than anything else. But that's because I think that's just because of the direction the the developers went with what they were. You ever play Carmageddon? Yes, Carmageddon is a lot of fun because you can run over <laughs> pedestrians and stuff. I love it. <laughs> you ever you ever check that one out, Mike? You should uh, you should do your top ten driving games the same way Keeb did his top ten videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Keeb's top ten videos were just like, and here are my top ten NES games. 
Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, Duck Hunt, uh, Double Dragon, and it, and he only listed about probably, I think he listed 17 games in his top 10 NES games. Yeah. <laughs> it was all just quick, and then the video ended. Oh, <laughs> I remember his uh, game hunting. Yeah. Oh, I love this game hunting. His hour and a half game hunting videos. Newfoundland Game Hunter. I, I actually, I, I actually, uh, I don't know if anybody will ever see it, but I do have a bunch of footage of me and Keeb because we used to meet um, about once a month, probably a little bit more than that, and we'd just go out for lunch in the mall, and uh, I'd always have my phone out, and like we'd walk around GameStop, and I recorded keep like going around looking at games. So I got a bunch of footage like that. It it's kind of you know bittersweet because I I kind of look at it now, but I don't know if I'm ever gonna share it. But um, anyways, I got stuff like that. It's, it's something it, special you can keep. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's a nice memory. I thought originally I was going to do something, like a tribute, but I decided I didn't want to do that. Like I, uh, I thought a lot of people did some really nice tributes for Chad, and I didn't want to do one because um, no matter what I did, I'd always feel like it would be just to get attention, and that's not important. I didn't hang around with Chad to get attention. I actually liked the guy. and Well, I didn't like him so much when we'd go and he'd say, how about we go for lunch, and then he'd order food and then tell me he had no money. I didn't like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a good friend does. Oh, man, Chad was funny that way. We talked about it. Remember the trade I did with him? I got Microstone Ice after giving him, like, $300 worth of stuff to finally get it. (laughs) I I traded with him, like, seven times for the same game. It was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For it. Well, uh, I don't know how I. What, Mike? <laughs> aren't you still in charge? It's about that time. You kind of took over. Yeah, I I'm agree. With sorry, you. it's my fault. I'm an ass. No, no, you're not. A, you're not an ass. You're just a domineering personality. Like if we were a gay couple, you'd be the top. I'd be the <laughs> bottom. Right. That's obviously the way it goes. Yeah. You do it wrong. <laughs> And I'd be out the door. Who's <laughs> <laughs> out of here? So anyways, uh, we, we've taken up so much of your time tonight, guys. Sorry about that. But for those of you who did watch along, really appreciate it. Of course, this is st- you're still going to be able to do this, put it up on our iTunes and all that stuff, right, Chris? Yeah, I can I can download it and do all that stuff. And I, yeah. I got, I, I've got to go back and do the last two and put them on iTunes. I keep so, forgetting to put it, post them. For the, people, for the people that didn't join us live, hope you enjoyed it on iTunes. And you know what? Maybe we'll do this again, because this was actually pretty fun, pretty easy. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. Usually we record the clips a little bit differently, and really, Chris does an excellent job. Uh, We don't talk about this much, but Chris does a lot of work behind the scenes to make this podcast what it is. So, you know what? Thanks, Chris. Uh, You really make this happen. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I I just want to take a minute to say, and I'm going to try to do this very well. First off, Stu, thank you again. Uh, Do you have anything you want to say to sign off tonight? Thanks, everyone, for coming, and thanks, everyone, for the support that we do get, and all the the usual watchers and uh, commenters. Commenters, really appreciate appreciate you guys, and I can't talk good because I'm off like three hours of sleep, but thank you, and you guys, too. You, you, you guys. How about you, Chris? Do you have anything you want to say to the people before we just, sign off? Uh, yeah, just a, just a big thanks to uh, you, you folks that <clears throat> popped in and... Uh, Join us tonight, uh, and I, I think I think we'll definitely do this again sometime, maybe in the next couple of months. Um, it is, it is, it is different doing this live, though. <laughs> well, Very you know different. what? F, F it, we'll do it live. Yeah, F it, do it live. Um, so thank you, thank you for um, 
you know, joining us tonight. Thank you for, for leaving topics on the Facebook page. If you want us to something to talk about, drop it on there. Um, you know, uh, Matthew did leave another one on there, but it's one that needs a little more research. So I think we're going to shelf it and put it on actually as a topic maybe next time. I think it would be a good one to talk about next time. Excellent. So, um, yeah. So uh, that's all for me. All right, guys. And I just wanted to say the same as the rest of the people said. Thank you very much for watching. A little bit of repetition there, but uh, I also wanted to say, you know what, guys, thank you so much for going to the Facebook fan page. We've had a lot of people do that. We've got some new subscribers come to the YouTube page and to all our personal pages. So thanks, guys, for all the support. It means the world to us, and if you ever see us in public, hey, maybe we'll get a beer sometime. Or weed. <laughs> well, I'll have a beer. Yes. Oh, we, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> cool. Well, All right, guys. Night.